Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Carl Mollison, founder and director of the Get Wisdom Project. Carl, um, today's topic is topical, to say the least. What can make racism go away? Yes, well, this is keenly felt by so many people. And if not, they'll bump into the idea because there's a lot of spokespersons out there trying to stir up discussion and fan the flames even because they feel so passionately about the issue from whatever perspective they have. So I wanted, I wanted to talk with Creator and flesh this out a little bit and share some of Creator's teachings about the issue of racism, where it comes from, and what to do about it. Because this is the kind of thing that tears countries apart and keeps even global relations uh, tense and and unhealed. And that's the major dilemma. So the first thing we have to understand is that thoughts are things. We give birth to them and they persist. We have a personal thought plane and that affects largely us ourselves And when you harbor a lot of dark thoughts, it erodes your being in various ways. But those thoughts will also go out to what's called the collective unconscious. And this has been known for some time. Carl Jung, the psychologist, talked about this and got the idea of an awareness going about this. It's a repository of all human thought. And especially those things that are thought with some emotion, some intensity. It's sort of like social media, where people make postings on platforms like Facebook. And so it's the chatter, all the chatter that people have about all sorts of things, good and bad, ugly and indifferent. And that's what this collective unconscious is. It's all the collective thinking. And those thoughts tend to group together energetically by what they represent, whether they're positive or negative and different flavors and so on. And then the third repository of consciousness is called the Akashic Records. And that is a permanent repository of everything that actually happens. It's like a video that's being captured of everyone and everything going on. And it's absolute word for word, moment for, for moment, emotion by emotion, capture of everything that transpires, and that is a permanent record, and that actually governs the reckoning that we have. This is the law of karma and what it uses. It's the Akashic records. So the interplay of these repositories is central to the whole idea of how bad ideas get going as well as good ones and why ideas persist because these repositories talk to one another. So they matter. They count. That's interesting. Consciousness repositories like social media. That's an interesting thought. Well, let's get into it, Carl. Uh, You asked creator, are dark thoughts like racist, sexist, and anti-religious sentiments sent to the collective unconscious, and do they become magnified there by joining similar thoughts to create an ever-increasing energy that echoes back to the sender 
to strengthen their prejudices. All right, and as a channel or creator, I asked the question and got the following answer, and I will relay creator's words, word for word. This indeed is a powerful reinforcement and is in fact what happens. This serves to embolden people with the strength of opinion. Within their own mind, they are aided and abetted in all manner of distorted thinking by a similar distortion that affects the current culture and keeps alive disinformation, ignorance, and prejudices of all kinds. This reinforcement is a prime example of the power of consciousness to do evil, indirectly as well as directly. The stain of prejudice and biased thinking of all kinds is stored indefinitely and will serve as a beacon to guide many others on a false path. People have many teachings, teachers, and as people have many teachers, and as all are interconnected, this includes the worst among you as well as the best. One of the chief benefits of cultural progress is in the shifting of energies within the collective unconscious to outshout the misguided and evil notions that may be the norm for a while, but are gradually displaced by greater compassion and understanding and a willingness to be more forgiving and work for a greater good. And this changes the balance of energies within the collective unconscious accordingly and helps to elevate everyone. This again is exploited through the shift in consciousness to maximize the exposure and the potential for implementing change through the influence of one another by amplifying the good within the collective unconscious to strengthen it, to focus it, and to help it run true and give it greater power of intention to ensure it as an opportunity to visit like-minded individuals and reward their moments of clarity and positivity with a reward in the form of a pat on the back, a sense they are on track and feel good about themselves. And it is the goodness coming from the collective that accomplishes this. Wow, that term outshout, I think, really nails it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've had lots, you know, every, all of us have had conversations about this topic, I think, in the last year or two with other people. Mm-hmm. And the way the emotion gets rolling is really startling. Yes. Well, and both forces are at work the positive and the negative. So, creator is emphasizing the positive here that we can change by changing ourselves, our thinking, what we do and say, and all the good thoughts that go out help the collective and shift the balance potentially. And But it shows you what can happen if you have rabble rousers, if you have race baiters, yeah. fear mongering, and promotion of the idea of prejudice for political advantage, political gain, to scare people and stir up their fears and yeah. make you the champion or whatever the political motive might be, the danger is it creates a lot more negativity. And then we're back in this arm wrestling between ideas and the influences that come back to us from this collective. Yeah, absolutely. U.S. creator, do people who fear negative thoughts about them perhaps being a member of a minority, tune into the collective unconscious and then experience a tidal wave of negativity from the thoughts of that type which have accumulated there. All right, and this is what we were just referring to. This is what Creator says about it. 
This is very much a factor in human happiness and a source of discouragement for many. When one goes looking for trouble, one will find it. If it is not right in front of them, it will be reachable via the thoughts themselves and their content being a match to what is in the collective consciousness. And that will be accessed automatically and will echo back to the thinker. So if one is fearful of judgment, criticism, projection, or exclusion based on prejudice, that thought will find its way to the collective unconscious and be met by a complementary repository of judgmental prejudice. And so the echo and response will be a stream of dark and ugly thoughts that represent the worst fears of the person who is concerned about fitting in and who is worrying about being singled out by the existing prejudice in those around them and people around them. This is one of the ways in which cultural negativity persists because it exists indefinitely in the thought plane. When prejudice is deeply entrenched and goes on for many years, the accumulation can reach extremes where even following a change in laws to liberalize things, to reject prejudice thinking as being a legal reason to limit the reach of individuals whose ideas by virtue of still remaining in the collective unconscious will be sensed by new generations growing up who have that identity and while no longer formally judged and excluded by virtue of the protections afforded by new laws, giving them equal rights, for example, will nonetheless feel the sting and feel every bit as excluded because they are being bombarded by all of the judgmental thoughts and rejections and hatreds of those who came before and left their mark. This is a long-term problem in need of a solution, and there is much that could be done to bring healing for this. This is best done through collective agreement, but can be done by individuals as well, working purposefully to make changes. You know, that is really interesting, this idea that modern people, many of whom, you know, grow up in middle-class families, they've never wanted for anything, they never had a day of hunger in their life, they could arguably, you could say, you they have not been treated badly, nevertheless feel this, you know, um, suppression inside. And yes. where does that come from? That That is an amazing, uh, amazing thought. Well, it comes from the ether. <laughs> it yeah. comes out of uh, nowhere, seemingly. But when it enters the mind, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have an impact. And you talk about people sort of being oversensitive. Well, this sets people up to look for trouble and then maybe misjudge others. You know, a glance, maybe just being ignored. And then they sense, you know, they're being discriminated against or looked down on. And it might not be that at all. But the thought is coming in from the collective unconscious, you see. And so this is how something like racism can persist for seven generations now following the end of the Civil War. And I've I've said every new round of discrimination or prejudice that turns into something really ugly, like a race riot or or a racial, uh, you know, group that adopts a a stance against a minority that just turns the whole thing on its head and rips open the wounds. 
And then you know, people I, go looking more and more, and then they'll find it, and it just amplifies the whole problem. You know, people assume that they think and see first and then feel. But I've observed that a lot of times people will feel first and then try to find something in their external environment to justify or explain that feeling. Yes. Yeah. This, this is a perfect setup to have this snowball. And that's what we're seeing constantly from generation to generation. We don't have the Jim Crow laws anymore. There's no way to discriminate legally against people. For the most part, there are a few relics in some housing ordinances and local pockets of uh, holdouts, perhaps. But by and large, the picture has changed. And what you see in the leadership is very much a sensitivity to racial discrimination. And uh, so this should be dying out. But it should it be, but doesn't it's seem to be now. It you know, seem, it's no. being ramped up again. No, and it's and it's just echoes of racism, but they're causing the same level of outrage. It's quite amazing. U.S. creator, what percent of racist ideas and beliefs are fueled by the combined workings of karma, conveyed by the content of the akashic records, the collective unconscious, and the thought planes of individuals? Okay, so now we're talking about all three of these repositories of human consciousness combined together. And this is what Creator says. 90% of racist ideas and traits within society are really being fueled by karma and a re-expression of learned behavior and perspectives that have been embraced in the past and are simply re-emergent within a person coming into a setting where the issue is brought before them and triggers that deep inner awareness of who and what they were before. And the old feelings about the issue will begin to flow in from querying the Akashic record about what has taken place in the past for the person. And then in response, a query made to the collective unconscious will turn up all kinds of parallel prejudice and the huge number of old thoughts that have accumulated through time. This will create quite a large resonant voice that is in harmony with these unpleasant beliefs and attitudes. So this will reward the bigot by nature or history with a new fresh dose of prejudiced instruction and training and how to discriminate against a particular group. It is like a bad habit being rekindled and a person is back in the same pattern once again. The reason it is used by extraterrestrial manipulation is because force of karma on this topic is so strong. They did create this in the first instance, knowing that people could be manipulated to make judgments against others who are different. As they use this as a tactic again and again to sow discord about all types of things and have created racial divisions, reinforcing this again and again. And this has continued down through the ages and contributed to a huge backlog of karma, reinforcing racial prejudice. So now it is simply a handy device built into human beings that can be summoned up and stimulated to trigger inner feelings. And this will add intensity and groove in the old ideas to create new prejudice beliefs. And then the pattern will reoccur in the current lifetime. Wow. Uh, Carl, we have less than two minutes. I don't think we're going to be able to get into the next question. But, uh, boy, there's a lot of things to consider here for sure. 
Yes, yes. Well, one of the ideas that just popped in, because again, these these questions and answers are, are kind of cobbled together, but they were preceded by other questions and other settings and times about other issues. And this just kind of popped in here about the extraterrestrial influence. We do have an ET problem. We are being influenced by them. They're corrupting our world and the dark spirits as well. They corrupted the ETs. This is a round robin of delights where we're corrupted by faulty thinking and negativity. And the whole idea of divisions between and among groups of people and who they are and their identities and so on is imposed on us by these interlopers to make us find fault with one another, to divide and conquer. You know, it's so, interesting. So if it's you fuel that, you're buying into their agenda. Yeah, and, you know, there's obviously different races of ETs, and I imagine racism is a huge problem in and amongst them as well. Yes. Well, it's how they think. They're very much ego-based. They're loveless beings. They are atheists, so they have no spiritual core nor beliefs. It's all about power power and subjugation. So they are class-based and they view themselves as superior beings and look down on others as people do with other races among the human community. So we learned this from them and they're masters at this because it's how they think and how they run their worlds. And they're masters at fomenting it, as you said, as yes. the creator just shared. Yes. Well, be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. We have a lot of free materials that you can check out. Be sure to download our prayer book, GetWisdom.com slash prayer, to find the most effective way to, to launch prayers. You can check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol Summary and get that at GetWisdom.com slash LHP. It'll tell you everything you need to know to consider signing up as a trainee. Uh, also, check out uh, Creator Speaks, the, the ebook. You can get that at GetWisdom.com slash creator. And also check out our healing options. You can go to the site and check out the uh, the healing on the main menu, and that will take you to the different options that are available. And we'll be right back right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. 
You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They're here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment. We are talking about racism. We've got a lot to cover, Carl, so let's get right into it. Is the current political climate of hatred for the opposition justified and normal? Are the narratives tying political agendas to racial prejudice warranted and helpful to advance the cause of human progress? All right, and this is what Creator says about that. None of the current climate about race is normal. The expression of racial prejudice is minimal in today's world, except as it is manipulated to become seen as the most important and urgent issue. That is an orchestration, not reality. So the political climate of hatred of other parties and then using race as a means to vilify the opposition is indeed a low blow and will have the desired effect of casting doubt and a pall of dark suspicion about a person's character, their reliability, and even basic humanity will come into question. That is the intention, to use the biggest weapon one can in a war of words, innuendo, slander, misrepresentation of truth, and creating the suspicion of ulterior motives stemming from inner prejudice are very handy weapons in a climate where any evidence of racial, racial bias is seen as a mortal sin, so to speak, with the politically correct norms currently in place. All of this is non-divine, and all will incur karmic penalties down the line. One cannot hate without a consequence to the self. This karma will see to, and it will not be pretty. The act of calling out falsely someone as a racist is an act of evil akin to harboring racism itself. All the more so because it is a public act intended to harm, to tarnish the reputation, to limit the power of another, and undercut their effectiveness in life. This is the essence of the evil of racial prejudice, which is designed to do the same thing by recognizing racial origins and labeling it to have an awareness of race as an important determining factor, and then use a person's race as a reason to sideline them, to shun them, to deny them freedoms and equal opportunity to participate in whatever they might choose. These two acts are evil twins, and both are rightly condemned, and both rightly deserve condemnation. Well, I'd love to get into that, but we got to move on, Carl. Yeah, well, let let me sum sum it up (laughs) from my my dear mother, who told me all my life, two wrongs don't make a right, and I think this is a good good example. (laughs) I, I completely concur. You ask creator, you have explained that racism has its origins in human karma because many people were either slaves or slaveholders in prior lifetimes. Is that the primary cause of today's great sensitivity on racial matters, or is this primarily a consequence of mind control manipulation to make people so race conscious 
and to assume the worst about white people especially. Right, and this is what Creator says. While the karma past racial animus planted the seeds of today's dilemmas, the fact that the issue is so very prominent and of such great concern is solely due to the ginning up of race as an issue in many settings where this is not truly the case. It is a made-up problem for the most part. Those with severe incorrigible racial prejudice live insular existences because they are not accepted in polite company. Those who harbor such feelings by and large do not act on them because they have learned their views are unacceptable. This is a major step along the way of eradicating an evil of culture that is a departure from divine truth. To bring it out in the open and embrace it fans the flames of animosity and will have many repercussions for society beyond the original alleged crime of harboring prejudice. Many times it is better to let the sleeping dogs lie because rooting out the presumed evil creates a greater evil in the doing. Beliefs are not readily changed. That is why it is called prejudice. It is a deeply ingrained bias that is not easily overturned. This commonly requires the turnover of generations to eradicate. So it is not a simple problem, but one need only prevent prejudice from being the driving force in social policy or interchange. What people believe in their hearts and minds is their own affair and is no one else's concern, provided it's not forced on them. So this this is a teaching about the pursuit of evil willfully, wantonly, or maybe having the taint of old in your kind of bloodline, in your makeup, because maybe you were involved directly in the past. And this is a factor. This is why it stings so much. You know, people are walking around today who were literally slaves in the past and slaveholders as well. Indeed. You know, it's interesting. Um, the idea that in polite company, a racist is not going to be able to express themselves. We've had that victory, essentially. I mean, you'd be insane to basically go out in today's world and be openly racist in terms of your language and behavior. So the the, F, the effort is to try to root out the hidden racism and then shine a spotlight on that and then condemn that. Well, that's creating bigger problems. Yes, yes, that, this is very much the case. U.S. Creator... Are hate crimes the warning about cultural backwardness they seem to be? How big is the hate crime problem truly? Are the crime statistics at all accurate about the prevalence of racial hate crimes? And Creator tells us the statistics are woefully inaccurate because they mischaracterize many human interchanges as hate crimes that are truly not. So there is an exaggerated perception of the problem. They are actually less frequent than people suppose. Many of the racial slights are assumed and imagined and not truly within the hearts and minds of the offender. The same is true when there is discord, whether differences of opinion or someone simply wanting to be in charge or in control and pushing someone out who they see as being in their way. This is not necessarily done for racial reasons, but is often taken to be so. This is an exaggeration, pure and simple, many times. So the figures cannot be relied on to reflect the state of racial prejudice in society as a whole. It is quite difficult to pinpoint because simple surveys are not reliable either, as people will deny the truth and often will not see the truth within themselves. 
This is because much of the remaining prejudice in society has been instilled by mind control manipulation and not a vestige of the prior era of slavery living on through subsequent generations, handing down the hatred to the young. When people stoop to violence, it is almost always manipulated to happen via the dark spirit meddler attachments. So the combination of mind control manipulation and having dark spirits on board that may turn to this outlet to create mischief is an irresistible opportunity for them to create a scene and gain from the greater influx of energy that results. Carl, you ask creator, are the hate crime hoaxes that come to light a rare event or is it a more frequent problem? What motivates people to concoct a hoax about such a sensitive subject as race relations? Is there a deeper problem going on under our noses than racism alone? And Creator says, this sorry mess reflects a much deeper problem. Hate crimes are fewer in number than people think. More than half are distortions or faked entirely. This too is orchestrated to happen. It is not a choice people make who are normal in their thinking. There needs to be a distortion of thought to allow the notion of committing essentially a crime and putting one's reputation behind the lies. This is a bold and reckless step to take that few would do left on their own. That is why it's almost always an orchestration to suspend reason and have a warped judgment to make people think it's a good idea that is worthy and will serve in some way. So even in the doing, there is seemingly lofty purpose behind the deed in the perpetrator's mind. That, too, is an orchestration, but at least explains how people who are not criminals otherwise will engage in a criminal act. It is a testament to the power of this manipulation that it can happen at all and needs to be understood and appreciated because this is one of many such manipulations that are routine in today's world. You know, it seems to me that a hate crime hoax is kind of a hate crime in reverse <laughs> in many ways. But uh, it's interesting that the people that carry them out think they're doing something positive. Yes. Well, there you go. And, you know, how can that be true? How can that be right? If it's fanning the flames and it's creating something that didn't really happen. Right. You see, I mean, this is throwing disorder in, into what was previously order the moment before. Well, this is kind of the theme that we're even looking at, that, that we're rooting out hidden racism, you know, and yeah. the society is, is obsessed with that task. And it's, it's not a task that's really achievable. <laughs> yes. U.S. creator, does intensive media attention serve the cause of truth in showcasing hate crimes with such a public spotlight? Does politics play a negative role in assessing these problems in society? Are there deeper and more sinister motivations and whose might these be? All right, and this is what Creator says. Politics, as practiced, is almost always a destructive influence because the objective is to destroy an opponent, to jockey for position at the expense of the opposition and gain an advantage even if others are hurt in the process. This is an invitation to exaggerate, to apply conjecture and snap judgments when thoughtful reflection and a careful inspection with heightened communication between parties could address the issue and allow a meeting of minds and a greater understanding of the true intentions behind words and deeds. This could dispel the suspicion if it were solely due to a karmic vestige of prior eras. 
the whole issue of racism has declined through attrition. Those participating in slavery are no longer among the living. This dilution effect will serve under normal circumstances quite nicely to right the wrongs of the past because they become a historic relic and an artifact of culture no one would choose to embrace again. When people do so or seem to do so or are being labeled with those intentions, you can be sure there is something suspect at work and that there is a deeper, darker motivation causing this to happen. Well, there's so many things to consider in this whole dilemma. Um, everything from the collective thought consciousness repositories impinging on us and, and you know, kind of flaming up our own inner passions, as well as external manipulation from interlopers. Uh, you got politicians trying to fan the flames, the media. No wonder it's such a mess. Well, and it it's something that touches every life in one way or another, if only because you can't watch the news without turning away in disgust at times, because it's such a litany. We're barraged with these messages again and again and again. And as someone who grew up in the Jim Crow era, I'm old enough to have seen the handiwork firsthand. And um, I, I remember some of the really tough times and the tough struggles. Uh, the morning of that uh, church bombing in Birmingham that killed these little girls going to Sunday school. Right. Uh, all of these really dark moments. They, too, were an orchestration. They were a fanning of flames that was engineered to happen. This sounds crazy, I grant you, but it does explain why people act so crazy. It's not that humans are defective and impossible to be restored to any kind of normal way of thinking. It's just that there are powerful manipulations as well going on to preserve prejudice, to exaggerate it. And people become quite talented in creating prejudice in others and fanning the flames. And all of that makes it worse. This this, this idea of coming together and having a meeting of minds. Well, (laughs) you know, yeah, hello. You know, let's go to the White House and let's talk this through and let's just see, you know, what does the president truly think or not? Let's have a discussion. You know, that would be unthinkable because it might be taking a risk. Maybe there would be a defense and they'd have to allow it on the air. I don't know. But but the idea, you know, is laughable in a sense in the current climate. It's difficult to talk about this topic. Just about anybody. I mean, I've had conversations with close friends, people I've known my entire life, who know that I don't have a racist bone in my body. And they have questions, you know, they, they, they look at some of my arguments that I make, and they match that up with some of the stuff they've been told by the media, and they start doing calculus that they've never done before, never had a reason to do before. And suddenly they're suspicious of my motives and other motives. Um, it's really creating a big problem amongst everybody. It's quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, and it's very easy to get labeled and branded. And most of the time, as creators pointed out, that's really unfair. Yes. People might not be so sensitive to the problem because they're not a member of a racial minority, but that's just circumstance, and it's understandable. And and so to not want that elevated to the most important thing 
you know, seems like common sense to them. You know, let's factor it in. Let's see to it. Let's not let it persist, but let's not make everything fit a racial perspective in some way or another, because then everyone loses because everyone gets branded. Well, you know, the thing that's interesting is the creator warned that labeling someone a racist is can be almost as bad as being a racist yourself, you know, and that uh, the the stain of a false accusation uh, has karmic consequences. So people really need to be careful, I think, in this field. Well, it it really is tit for tat. It's it's and it and it is obvious on its face that if you're going to label someone because of a surface characteristic like the color of their skin, if it happens to be dark. When the shoe's on the other foot and you make the same assumption about a light-skinned person, are you not doing the same thing? You're looking at a surface characteristic, expecting the worst, applying a stereotype, and wanting to punish them or exclude them. And it's it's playing the same game. And I've seen the effects of mind control manipulation in the same thing. You know, we're seeing this all across the board where – you can make a, a powerful defense. You can put all the arguments on the table and people will stick to their guns. They won't change their mind. Yeah. Um, and this is reinforced. We see this across the board. Yeah, it's it's well entrenched. And this is the problem with the beliefs. They don't just change. So there needs to be a deep, deep healing to address this. And we'll get into that in our next segment because it's very, very important. Indeed, and be sure to check out our healing services on the website, getwisdom.com. There's a healing menu item on the bar. You can navigate down in that and find uh, group clearings, personal clearings, property clearings, uh, animal clearings. There's a lot of different services available for that. Um, You can also sign up to take the Lightwork Healing Protocol and become a healer yourself. Check that out at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be right back right after this with more on this topical topic. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Mental illness affects more people than you might think. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness, and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. 
Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis, and we want to help, support, and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment. We are talking about racism and how to get rid of it. That's the really important question. Carl, you asked creator, are representatives of the media reporting the news manipulated to see the worst in what happens with race relations and fan the flames of prejudice and division, even as they promote their righteous stance and seemingly seeking the truth. Is their role making things worse? Well, this is what Creator says about it. This is a total orchestration from first to last. Indeed, the vestiges of karma from racist perspectives and the period of slavery in history has left its mark on humanity for all those participating. That is not reason to live the reality in a full sense without doing the actual practice. Karma is an influence and not a total redirection and subjugation of behavior. It will dissipate as people move beyond the old ways with new fresh perspectives coming in to new incarnations. It is the natural way of things that the old tendencies, habits, cultural trappings will fade because they are only residing in the Akashic records and no longer present in the actual conduct of people in the current culture. When racial sensitivities become an issue, it is in part because of the karmic legacy, much in the way one can touch a nerve to bring up an old hurt or grievance deep within the being. This can happen because the deep subconscious mind will look at the Akashic records and will be aware of past difficulties stemming from racial prejudice. That need not be a central element in the current life, but a preoccupation with this can make it so. This is the press this the press does mightily to keep the issue of race front and center day after day after day. That has quite a negative influence on things because it triggers all with that karmic history to be on edge, to fear what might happen again, or to regret past mistakes and evil deeds. This does not help with healing. It inflames the wounds that are unhealed still and is an entirely orchestrated phenomenon. The press is notorious for demanding novelty and especially wanting to see direct displays that create a spectacle. That is why accident scenes are always prominently shown. They have the visual as well as visceral elements on display for all to see. And the idea of racism and prejudice is a hot button for many, many people. But unless it is overtly displayed, becomes more innuendo and supposition. Normally, the media will shun anyone with conjectures and not hard facts. That is their training and their normal motive of operation. When the normal safeguards are suspended 
and a lack of rigor becomes the norm. You can be sure this is because of manipulation to cause this. The media are in the grip of the subconscious programming to make them complicit in promoting racism as a living legacy and scourge needing to be eradicated with the implication all must be targeted who show a whiff of prejudice as being an evil that must be rooted out. This serves the interlopers because it creates great tension and turmoil in society, causing many people to do battle with one another and not with the true source of evil in the world. You know, Carl, there was a sentence in this channeling that I thought needed to be repeated. Karma is an influence and not a total redirection and subjugation of behavior. I think that is incredibly profound. Creator's profound to begin with, but that's one of the most profound I've seen in quite a while. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it's, it, what it's saying, I think, is it's a factor, but it's not an excuse, certainly. Exactly. In other words, if you were a former slave owner, it doesn't mean, you know, you're branded forever, tainted, damaged, and to be shunned and castigated for all of time. After all, what about forgiveness? What about divine grace? What about the sinner finding their way to their understanding, as the saying goes? Right. None of that would be possible if karma was a determinate factor. An influence, yes, but not a final determinant. And I think that's a very important thing to point out. And the key is it can be healed. You can heal your karma. We'll get to that. (laughs) We will. Carl, you asked creator, how does personal history with racial prejudice in the Akashic Records influence present-day human culture and difficulties with race relations. All right. The information in the Akashic Records representing the repository of human experience recorded energetically with an energetic signature pointing to who was involved and the nature of the interchange energetically is a broad accounting of all that happens and its consequences. It is also the basis from which karma is guided in seeking restitution for things out of balance in the universe through the conscious actions of living beings. As such, it is much like a dispassionate judicial system that always knows all the humanitarians, the bringers of light, the bestowers of loving kindness, but also knows the miscreants, the criminals, the negligent, the arrogant, the manipulative, the destructive, the mean-spirited, the savage, and the depraved, and all their doings, who was affected, and where the energies went subsequently to perhaps cause harm to others or benefit, as the case may be. With such a finely governed system, it is not surprising that a barbaric system of slavery, once on record as having happened, will resonate for a considerable length of time because the institution itself is designed for long-term subjugation across multiple generations. So the wounds are deep and quite extensive, both within the victim's history, as well as the history of all perpetrators who were responsible for maintaining and implementing this debasement. All living through such periods in the cultures involved were tainted accordingly, even as bystanders witnessing the cruelty but taking no action to attempt to mitigate the circumstances, creating a karmic debt. This is true of all passive members of society in crisis. So there's almost a universal taint for wide swaths of the planet because so many countries have engaged in this practice through history. 
And with so few opportunities for genuine and deep healing, because of human ignorance, the energies have gone largely unsatisfied for thousands of years to right these wrongs. Although diluted in some respects by human comings and goings, as well as divine intervention, on many occasions to help raise people up who have second thoughts and doubts and misgivings and regrets, there is still an enormous backlog of wounding that continues to rumble. This is a major source of racial sensitivity on both ends of the spectrum. Those who were oppressed feel quite keenly the sting of the lash, if only in the form of facial expressions of those they encounter of another race, if not outright discriminatory policies. They will sense, often rightly, they are different in the eyes of others and will be judged accordingly. Those who have the heritage as oppressors will tend to be less sensitive to the issue and plight of those who see racism in a glance and question everything about their treatment and often become aggressive and demanding, seeking restitution for things that are difficult to supply because they are more intangible than actual discrimination. What creates the perception is the inner recognition of past wounding resonating with the idea of being looked down on. And this can influence the thoughts and feelings in the moment and darken things and lead to many misunderstandings and overinterpretation of motives. Until this backlog is healed, this will continue to fester and will rise again and again into the thinking in the moment on the part of many, many people. Those with a history that is relevant to the issue will benefit greatly from the ability to heal this by going directly to the Akashic Records, because at this point, there is no other way to make up for lost time. While it will be diluted over many generations, this is a slow process because the energies and the deficits are real and will not be changing on their own and will remain until they have been satisfied through the action of karma. It is better to do this sooner rather than later because the damage is being compounded by ongoing racial tension that continues adding energy, providing more fuel for times when things get out of hand and there are acts of violence or social unrest. This will be one of the major contributions of the Lightworker Healing Protocol when it is widely enacted by many practitioners because it has the ability to right this wrong in working on each and every person and their Akashic records. This, in turn, will reduce what is in the collective unconscious on the topic and the direct healing of the collective unconscious being contributed by those with a grievance based on racial divides will make contributions as well. You know, this whole project of ours, Carl, is really about communicating healing the perpetrator. And if somebody is being racist, they're essentially being a perpetrator. And if somebody harbors hidden racism, they're also being a perpetrator in a sense. It might not be as easy to see, but, you know, you might believe it is there and it might actually be there. But here's the point. We're going to get past all this by healing the perpetrator, not by punishing them, not by rooting them out, not by getting them fired from their jobs, not by making them pariahs and outcasts in society. That's not going to heal this problem. We have to heal the perpetrator, and that begins with forgiving them. Yes, and this this lesson has been learned again and again in the course of human doings with uh, acts of war, for example. 
if a conquering nation treats the defeated nation by putting them into servitude, keeping them oppressed, denying them the opportunity to get back on their feet, have some kind of equality among the community of nations, it will fester and will rise up again and be another cause of war. This is frequently seen as what happened in the course of things going from World War I to World War II on the part of Germany. The resentment of that conquered nation who lost in World War I rose again. And this has been a theme all through human history. And we see it now with the issue of race relations. Sure. As, as the races are fighting and warring among themselves. And it's largely a kind of orchestration at this point, as Creator has pointed out. But it's rooted in reality. It's rooted in actual experience. If those experiences and their consequences are healed, there's nothing to fight about. Right. There's no reservoir of pain to get triggered. There's no reservoir of resentment or regret or perhaps smoldering hatred still on the part of hard-hearted racists who tap back into their history and then bring it back and embody it yet again. If all of that gets healed, it can stop. It can fade away to nothingness. And that's our salvation. You know, and humans, I do not believe, are inherently racist. They just aren't. You know, I have a friend on the tra- that uh, rides a train with me, and uh, he was talking about his childhood. He grew up in a, a, a neighborhood that was mixed, uh, probably half black, half white. And he had a number of black friends uh, right up until about the age of six or seven. And all of a sudden, overnight, they turned on him, and he became the outcast. But I think the lesson here is that the fact that they were friends up until the age six or seven, and that racial interjection was because of outside influences. So if you have yes. children left alone without outside interference, without something coming in and roiling things up, they're not racist at all. Yeah, yeah. There'll there'll be things that might come to mind as a sort of an impulse, but those things can be overridden. You know, we often have an emotional reaction to someone, but we don't blurt it out to them. You know, we, we kind of reserve judgment for a time. Yeah. And, and then if we start getting along with them and learn they're really a good person or whatever, you know, then none of that rest matters. None of those original misgivings still have an influence. So that's healing on, on the fly. And that's all we need is to get a deep reworking and cleansing and then any residue can take care of itself. Well, we certainly need to clean up these repositories. And that's really what this mission is all about and the light, what the Lightworker Healing Protocol is all about. And right. you can be sure to check out the Lightworker Healing Protocol, the training that's available at getwisdom.com slash LHP. Prayer is also a very effective tool for helping to cleanse this problem. You can get the most of, uh, insight on how to pray effectively with our prayer book. GetWisdom.com slash prayer. Carl, what are we doing next week? Do we know? We don't know yet. We're going to surprise you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Again, check us out at GetWisdom.com. That's it for this week's show. We'll look for you next week. Thanks, Carl. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. 
They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 